Hey, talking to myself, talking to myself. Welcome to the podcast. I know that you gon' feel Dave Sands the second talking movies and gaming, even anime. Yeah, I might just go Super Saiyan. Uh, two four two, the Bahamas we gon' rep. Don't be anxious about nothing. Olympians four six, sharing by my life, sharing by God's truth. Always keep it real when I'm talking to myself. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Talking to Myself. Hey, Talking to Myself. Welcome to the podcast. I know that you're going to feel Dave Sands the second. Talking movies and gaming, gaming, even anime. Yeah, I might just go super saying ah, two, four, two. The Bahamas, we gon' rap. Don't be anxious about nothing. Philippians 4 6. Woo! Sharing about my life, my life. Sharing about God's truth. Yes, sir. Always keep it real when I'm talking to myself. With your host, with the very most, Dave Science Numerados. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are back and in the building. Episode 28, which I believe is 28. Please be right. 28 in Spanish. I'm still live, so this is going to be awkward Googling, but we're going to do it. 28. Let's go. We are here, ladies and gentlemen. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube for the visual aspect, because once again, we are visual now. (laughs) Your boy has got the intercontinental championship the wwe belt because in today's episode we're gonna be talking about that royal rumble man gotta talk about that royal rumble and then of course we're gonna be talking about um um a biblical piece of 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 scripture as well which i kind of found interesting uh this week but how's everybody doing man how has y'all weeks been you know good bad in between let me know Tweet me, DM me, leave a comment in the comment section. Um, of course, as per usual, talking to myself is everywhere. And so if you would like uh, to be a part of the talking to myself community, um, subscribe to the YouTube channel, 21 subs. Actually, the last episode did really well. Best episode ever on the channel. Thank you all so much uh, for the support. Seems like y'all were waiting uh, for me to go visual <laughs> based on the response. Uh, so thank you all so much. But we're everywhere, man. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast to be a part of the Talking to Myself community. And so, excuse me, there we go. And so with that being said, we most certainly and absolutely move. And so, yeah, man, we need to talk about uh, WWE. Um, I'm going to just leave my belt here. Um, <laughs> um, but for those um, who may not know, um, I am a fan of WWE. I would describe myself as a casual fan. What does that mean? Um, it means I don't I don't tune into like every single show. So you know, for example, Mondays they have Monday Night Raw, Fridays they have Friday Night SmackDown, and they have NXT whenever. Um, I, I I'm not too sure when that happens. Um, but I don't tune into every single uh, show. But when them PLEs come out, PLE stands for a premium live event. That's what WWE calls it. So like things like the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, that's where I most certainly and absolutely tune in. And so this week is Wrestle, excuse me, Royal Rumble week, which is my favorite PLE um, in all of the bunch. You know, it's such a um, enjoyable PLE, um, mainly because you don't know who to expect um, to come out in the Royal Rumble. So let me explain. For those who don't know what the Royal Rumble is, it's simply like this, right? Um, 30 men, uh, the men's Royal Rumble, and 30 women um, compete. 
right? And so it's essentially the last man standing um, is basically going to get their push um, to one of the WWE's, you know, other most popular PLEs, WrestleMania, which happens later on in the year. And of course, um, nine times out of 10, um, that person may go on to win, you know, themselves about like this, you know what I'm saying, a real one. <laughs> um, and so, you know, Royal Rumble um, is the first, I believe it's the first PLE in the year. Um, and so, you know, after that, that kind of leads us to the road to WrestleMania, um, if you will. And so, to me, the Royal Rumble has always been my favorite because, once again, you do not do not know what to expect. And so, what I wanted to do um, in this episode of talking to myself, um, and hopefully I could relate it um, later on, but um, I wanted to talk about my Royal Rumble predictions. Some people, I think, like, are going to come up, like, surprises-wise um, and, um, you know, um things i think may happen and we'll see what happens you know this saturday this is not sponsored by the way i just really like the royal rumble um also um i'd also like to say that this belt right here i, I think i said it before this is the intercontinental championship this is the old version you know the back in my day belt if you will and so the person um that maybe want this belt and in like this is my favorite title um in wwe is no other than this guy right here um the master of the 619 uh ray mysterio ladies and gentlemen and I'm, I'm showing an action figure for those who um are not watching the uh visual on youtube but yeah this is uh ray mysterio um he is my favorite less wrestler um he is known as the biggest little man in wwe history um, he is a Hall of Famer um, now and absolutely well-deserved. The man has done, gave like 20 years um, to the business. And so he's my favorite wrestler. He made me um, want to, you know, raise this title, you know, and, and be an intercontinental champion, man. So shout out to Rey Mysterio, the absolute uh, GOAT. But I'm going to just keep this right here for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, just going back to Royal Rumble prediction. So, okay, right? So first and foremost, we need to talk about um, um, who I'm thinking is, is going to win. Let's start off with the men's Royal Rumble. So I made some notes because I've been thinking about this um, all week. I was talking to this with one of my good friends. Shout out to Bryant. Um, and so we he and him were kind of like going back and forth. Um, and I think I got some analysis, right? I, okay, so first the men's Royal Rumble, right? Um, in the men's Royal Rumble, I have that... The winner, I have two ways that this is going to go, right? The first one being CM Punk. Now, for those who do not know, CM Punk um, is another wrestler in WWE. He just returned back to WWE um, basically after, I think it's like a decade almost. Basically, it was just like he said like he would never come back, and he came back, and it's just like the biggest shock um, in the wrestling world. Um, and so I think because he came back, um, it kind of makes sense for him to win it. Um, Cody Rhodes, I believe, won it last year. I think I have that stat somewhere, right? Didn't he? Yes. In 2013, yes, Cody Rhodes won it when he basically returned, right? And so it does make sense for Cody Rhodes to win it again. That story with him and Roman Reigns is not there anymore because he he lost Roman Reigns. I believe it was at WrestleMania. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think he's going to go back to back. It kind of makes more sense um, for CM Punk to win that and then go on to not face Roman Reigns, but to face um, Seth Rollins. As we saw, um, Seth Rollins actually got um, an injury, um, but it says that he may be back in a month or maybe in like three to four months or so. And so he'll, he should be back in time for WrestleMania. So it makes more sense um, for CM Punk to win, uh, in my opinion, the Man's Royal Rumble. Now, 
The other angle which I'm thinking is we got to think about Dwayne Johnson, the rock, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I mean, since he's come back, he's talked about Roman Reigns and, you know, he even did like, you know, on many interviews, he's talked about how like, you know, maybe if him and Roman Reigns go off, it could be like the the greatest match in WrestleMania history. Um, And so maybe maybe he'll win the Royal Rumble. But here's how I think it's going to be won, right? So um, I don't think The Rock is going to win the Royal Rumble, but I think if they want to go down the route of just making Rock versus Roman just the biggest it could possibly be, The Rock will enter the Royal Rumble, let's say at entry number 29, but I think we'll have Roman um, enter at number 30. And here's why I say that, right? I researched and I looked up, you know, how many times has Roman Reigns been in the Royal Rumble? Like, not in, like, a singles match or whatever, but, like, how many times has Roman, you know, been in the Royal Rumble and not have, like, a separate match? So, through research, he's been in the Royal Rumble six times. 2014, um, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2020. He he won the 2015 Royal Rumble. He came, he was a runner-up in 2014, 2017, 2018, and 2020, which means he was basically second. And then he came third in the 2016 um, Royal Rumble. And so it's been a while, firstly, since Roman Reigns has been in the Royal Rumble, but it's also been a long time since he's won. And we know that um, most legends and great WWE stars win the Royal Rumble more than once. For example, I have here John Cena run the Royal Rumble in 2018 and 2013. Randy Orton won it in 2009 and 2017. Brock Lesnar, 2003 and 2022. Edge, 2010 and 2021. So if they're going to push Roman into that upper echelon of wrestlers, then they might as well let him get a second win just to make him seem like he is so unbeatable. Um, And so I'm thinking that it would be like, The Rock enters the Royal Rumble, yes, but it would be like, okay, Rock answers 29, Roman enters at 30. We see the Rock and Roman um, square up. Actually, in 2015, when Roman won, he actually dapped up the Rock when he won the Royal Rumble. A little bit of history right there. I had to do some research, you know. Um, But yeah, I think um, if Roman Reigns does win the 2014 Royal Rumble, um, which he doesn't really need and the Rock doesn't necessarily need either, but I think he should eliminate the Rock just to keep Roman at the tip top um, and then they could have their WrestleMania moment at WrestleMania. And I also think as well, I, I, I don't think it, it and I, I don't think it makes sense for The Rock to actually win that match at WrestleMania. I mean, frankly, um, uh, he's still part time. I mean, he just joined um, the WWE's board because of like this Netflix deal that they just signed for, like $5 billion, 10 years starting 2025, which is crazy. No ads, by the way. Um, but I don't think it makes sense for him to necessarily win that match. Because to squash Roman after he's had held the title for so long doesn't necessarily make sense to me. Um, and so to keep Roman at the highest peak, um, he should definitely beat The Rock at WrestleMania. That's just my prediction. So we absolutely move. So um, CM Punk angle, um, he would eliminate Cody and then fight um, and face Seth at WrestleMania where I think he would win. And then for the Roman Reigns angle versus The Rock, The Rock would enter the Royal Rumble, maybe 29. Roman enters at number 30. Um Roman wins there, and then they square up at WrestleMania. We kind of keep that thing moving. So, yeah, that is my predictions um, for the um, men's Royal Rumble. Now, some potential entrants um, that I have um, 
potentially coming in the men's Royal Rumble. And not mind you, I think the woman's zone is going to be better in terms of surprises. Um, firstly, let's say uh, Matt Cardona, uh, also known as Zack Ryder. I mean, he could potentially come back. I mean, he did well on the indies. Um, so for him, I think would he come under Matt Cardona, which I believe is his real name, or would he come under Zack Ryder? I think the fans remember Zack Ryder, but I think the fans also know who Matt Cardona is, so we'll see. Um, so I think he's one that could come. Um, John Cena, obviously, I mean, legend, of course, um, part-time now because of his, you know, Hollywood um, responsibilities, but he could always come back. Of course, The Rock, like I said earlier. Chris Masters is also one. He, uh, he did the master lock back in the day. Haven't seen him in a while. Carlito was also one. Spin the face of people who do not, I repeat, do not want to be cool. You know, um, came back at in Puerto Rico at Backlash last year, I believe it was. And they had a huge pop there. And he also entered, I think, during that bubble Royal Rumble. I don't remember which year that was. But I think him coming back um, would have a good um, pop as well. Of course, like I said, Roman Reigns as well. He hasn't been a Royal Rumble, the 30-man Royal Rumble in a very long time since 2020. So I call him a potential return there. Um, Goldberg, I, I mean, I don't have a reason for this. It's just kind of just a guess. Goldberg could be there. And as well as maybe maybe like the Dudley boys. That's what I have as my uh, men's prediction. So let me know what you think. Men's Royal Rumble predictions. Now, let's get, let me turn this head around. Let's get into the women's Royal Rumble. Now, Whew, man, that was fast. <laughs> the Women's Royal Rumble. So let's think about this now. So the Women's Royal Rumble. So the Women's Royal Rumble began, I think it was in 2018. The first person that won it was Oscar, right? Last person that won it was in 2023. Well, obviously last year, which was Rhea Ripley. So um, my homie was saying, Brian was saying, um, Bailey um, could be the potential winner this year because if you don't know, um, WWE's um, developmental area, which is called NXT, where they train like the future stars. Um, they were the four horsemen, the four horsemen women in WWE. Um, one of them was Bailey. One of them was Bianca, not Bianca Belair. Um, Becky Lynch, excuse me. Um, we love Bianca Belair though. Um, Becky Lynch, um, Charlotte Flair, and Sasha Banks. Those are the four horsemen um, who essentially changed the, the women's division, right? And so two of the horse, um, four horsemen have won um, the Royal Rumble. Um, in twenty in twenty nineteen, Becky Lynch won, and twenty twenty, Charlotte Flair won. So I can't think of any other woman who could potentially go on to face, for example, Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, right? Um, and because um, if you know uh, Bailey's a part of a faction, and you know one of the persons on there, her name is um, Io Sky. She's one of the champions there. I don't think Bailey um, is going to face. Um, Io Sky at WrestleMania, that doesn't make sense because they're trying to keep um, the, the faction together. Um, so it only makes sense that she would face Rhea Ripley, right? And so I think it makes sense for Bailey um, to win the Royal Rumble. Now, uh, a little side note if Sasha Banks returns, I still think Bailey wins. I think it'll just be like Bailey eliminates Sasha to win the Royal Rumble. So Sasha returns, and let's say. Number 30, Bailey is still the ring, let's say, with Rhea Ripley in there. So it's like the three of them. And that could potentially be like a fatal, uh, excuse me, a triple threat match um, at WrestleMania between her, Bailey, 
um, excuse me, her, Sasha, and, and Rhea. So if Sasha returns, I don't think she wins. Um, but I do think um, that Bailey would still win in that instance. So if we go down that Bailey route, um, then fine. I think Bailey wins that. Now, the other route that I'm not, I'm very excited to potentially see is the AJ Lee route, right? Um, AJ Lee was a former uh, women's wrestler. She was really good. Um, CM Punk's wife, actually. Um, and so if she returns, I need that thing to be light up. That's her theme song. It goes like, light it up. And I, I kind of need her to light it up. Um, and I need her to essentially uh, win uh, the Royal Rumble if she does. If she comes out number 30, she needs to win that whole thing. I would like her to win the whole thing and go on and face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. Light it up, ladies and gentlemen. So those are the two routes I'm thinking. Bailey wins by eliminating Sasha. And they and she goes on to face Rhea at WrestleMania, or AJ Lee returns at number thirty at the plum. At, uh, is that the plum spot? I don't remember which number it is, but returns at number thirty. Um, and um, yeah, she goes on to face Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania for like one last run, or like maybe like a two, three year run type of thing. You know, we'll see what happens, right? So yeah, we move. Um, so yeah, that is my predictions for the actual winners. Now potential returns. In my opinion, I think the women's division. Um, we'll have the better returns because there's just a plethora of talent that we have not seen in a while. For example, Peyton Royce, um, she's back in the scene of wrestling now. She was part of the Iconics, so she could come back. Of course, like I said, Sasha Banks and AJ Lee, hopefully they return. Others like Carmella we haven't seen in a while. Jade Cargill. Now, I, I did not go down that Jade Cargill route. Jade Cargill was originally in AEW, um, and she's been trained, and she signed with WWE a little, little while ago, but we haven't seen her since. She's just been training at the Performance Center, right? And so... I didn't even think of this route. What if Jade Cargo wins this whole thing and faces Rhea Ripley? That could be a story. And ooh, if you get Bianca Belair in there, just oh my goodness, that dream match, Jade versus Bianca. Uh, that'd be just a dream singles match, but I mean Jade Cargo, Rhea Ripley, um, Bailey, um, Jade Cargo, Jade Cargo, Bailey, uh, Rhea Ripley, and Bianca fail for you at WrestleMania. Woo! That could blow the roof off the place. That'd be crazy. Um, so, yeah, we could see her come back. Melina. Um, Alexa Bliss, we have not seen in a while um, from social media. I, um, I believe she has a kid on the way, so we may not see um, her return, but that, that'd be a cool return. Of course, the Bella Twins um, are always on the horizon. Michelle McCool always comes back. She could go for a run. She could still go. Um, Trish Strass, always there. Um, Naomi is a sleeper because she's with TNA. Um, so I don't know if she'll come back or if her contract's up. The same thing is for, well, not same thing for Sasha, but Sasha was in talks with WWE to return. Um, but there is discussions like she may be signing with AEW, but anything is possible within WWE. Um, so really and truly, we just don't know until the night of, right? But there are so many, and there's so much other women um, that could potentially return at the Women's Royal Rumble. That's why for me, I think the Women's Royal Rumble um, may in fact be uh the better one now if the rock does come back um and and um roman does come back to the royal rumble then man i think it will be it's gonna be amazing so we'll see what happens we will see what happens but that is my royal rumble scramble ladies and gentlemen those are my predictions those are the people i think um are going to come back so y'all let me know give me your thoughts opinions let me know what y'all think um and we most certainly um and absolutely move in that way and so yeah Bro, rumble. Whew, okay, I'm gonna take a breather. That was a lot. That was a lot, bro. Talking to myself, right? It is a podcast. 
<laughs> but okay. And so, yeah, that is my Royal Rumble scramble. Um, so that's going to be exciting. I'm going to put this belt um, to the side now because I think um, we've, we've, um, we are finished with the uh, WWE section um, of the pod. So now... I, we're going to talk, um, we're going to get into scripture, of course, and we're, you know, we're going to talk about um, a story uh, that I've been seeing, and it is a story um, in, in Exodus. Um, of course, if you remember last week, I was talking about how, like, um, in Exodus, Exodus means, like, a lot of people leaving, and so it kind of makes sense that people, or excuse me, the Israelites were let out of Egypt, like, mass people, people um, leaving uh, Egypt, and so... Yeah, it kind of makes sense. And so, with that being said, we're going to read a little bit um, past that. We we may go back, you know, if if I want to tell that story, um, or rather, if the Bible tells that story, I'm just kind of regurgitating what it says. Um, But we're going to go, excuse me, we're going to go a little bit ahead, right? So, essentially, in the book of Exodus, it talks about how Moses um, was chosen by God. Um, to free his people from Egypt, from Pharaoh. And so if you read the beginning of Exodus, you'll see like the many plagues that happen, you know, locusts, um, firstborn child um, is gone. Um, water, the, the river was turned into to blood, for example. Um, uh, so many different plagues there. Read your Bible, ladies and gentlemen. It's in there. It's like, hey, drama. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we're going to be going a little bit further. So now the people, excuse me, the Israelites... Um, are now out of Egypt and uh, essentially journeying to the promised land um, that was um, promised um, by God to them. So they are now in the wilderness, right? Um, And so we'll be reading from Exodus number uh, chapter 16. Uh, The whole chapter, this is going to be dealing with manna and quail um, from heaven. And, and, you know, I'll kind of tie everything together. So it's going to be great. Um, So, yeah, so Exodus chapter 16. um, And we will be reading from, of course, the new... Uh, living translation. Um, and so, yes, Exodus chapter 16. Should I, I take off these glasses? Hi. <laughs> so I could uh, see a little bit better. Uh, so here we go. Um, so, yes, Exodus chapter 16. Ready? Everyone got it? All right. See, love, we move. And it says The whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journey into the wilderness of Sin, which stands for. Um, Sinai, um, between Elam and Mount Sinai. Uh, They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around, pots filled with meat, and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people go out and pick up as much food as they need for the day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food and they will prepare it. There will be twice as much as usual. So Moses and Aaron said to all. Yeah, so Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, by evening, you will realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints, which are against him, not against us. What what have we done that you should complain about us? Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning. For he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord, not against us. 
Then Moses said to Aaron, announce this to the entire community of Israel. Present yourselves before the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community of Israel, they looked out toward the wilderness. There they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in the cloud. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. Now tell them, in the evening you will have meat to eat, and in the morning you will have all the bread you want. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the map, covered the camp. And the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. These are the Lord's instructions. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gather a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone just had just had enough. Had just enough, excuse me. Um, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But it, but by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need, and as the sun became hot. The flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts, for each person in two, instead of two. Then all the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. He told them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. Um, so they put some aside until morning, just as Moses had commanded. And in the morning, the leftover food was wholesome and good without maggots or order, odor. Um, Moses said, eat this food today, for today is a Sabbath day dedicated to the Lord. There, there will be no food on the ground today. You may gather the food in, for six days, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. There will be no food on the ground that day. Some of the people went out anyway on the seventh day, but they found no food. The Lord asked Moses, how long will, you, how long will these people refuse to obey my commands and instructions? They must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. That is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so that there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must, stay, you must each stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Then Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Fill a two-quart container with manna to preserve it for your descendants. Then later generations will be able to see the food I gave you in the wilderness when I set you free from Egypt. Moses said to Aaron, get a jar and fill it with two quarts of manna. Then put it in a, sa a sacred place before the Lord to preserve it for all future generations. Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He eventually placed it in the Ark of the Covenant in front of the stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. So the people of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they arrived at the land where they would settle. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. The container used to measure the manna was an omer, which was one-tenth of an ephah. Ephah. Well, ephah. Yeah, ephah. E-P-H-A-H. -E it held about two quarters. Selah. 
this is Exodus chapter 16 in its entirety. And oh my goodness. Um, I think the first thing that stands out is that Israelites want to go back into slavery. I'm just saying that's what they said, not me. Because it said in 16 verse 3, if the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we, oh wait, where is it? Yeah, if only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around, pots filled with meat, and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Um, so yeah, it, it's like um, they they just wanted to stay there, um, and, and they just wanted to to like like why would you want to stay there though? That doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't get it. And so yeah, it, it, I just found it interesting that like um like the israelites were literally like were in slavery in egypt but yet they were saying like if only the lord had killed us back in egypt they moaned they were sat around pots filled with meat they and they said they were they were sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted but now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death and so it's just like like i get that we had like maybe like three meals a day but we were in slavery brother why would you want to go back to that, right? And so um, I think it's just interesting, like, even though they witnessed everything that happened in Egypt, I mean, like, bro, the Red Sea was parted, all the plagues, everything, the, the, the pillar, everything that happened to get them to this point, um, they were still complaining. And I, I mean, they were still having doubts um, with God, even after seeing everything, right? And so that's a very um, interesting thing. In the first instance, and then so, I mean, uh, continuing on, the Lord said to Moses, like, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you, um, you know, and, and so he did. I mean, we see that, you know, in the evenings, it was, it was, well, meat, which was the quail that came, if we, I, which was for that, where we see the quail come in. Okay, well. We'll find it, but it's somewhere there. Um, but yeah, so the Lord said to Moses, he's going to rain down the food. Um, he's going to rain down the food from heaven for you. Um, and yeah. And then continuing on, Moses and Aaron said, all the people, by evening you realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he had heard you, heard your complaints. So you heard them complaining about how they want to be back in Egypt. Again, crazy. Um, um, which are against him. So the complaints... I mean, Moses was just saying, like, telling them, like, hey, I mean, you could complain about us all you want, my G, my dog. You could complain against us, but you really complain against God. I'm just saying, you know, just letting y'all know, by the way, you know. And so, yeah, they, they were, he, Moses just let them know that, hey, y'all going to see, y'all going to see when y'all see. Uh, so the Lord, he continued on, then Moses said, the Lord will give you meat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning, for he has heard all your complaints against him. What have you done? Yes, you're complaints are against the lord and not us um and so let's get to the quail so we see here um and the lord kind of says it again actually in verse 11 the lord said to moses i have heard the Israelites complaints so moses told um the people that the lord heard um their complaints and then the lord is like reconfirmed with moses like hey i've heard the complaints of the the israelites so now tell them in the evening you'll have meat to eat and in the morning you'll have bread um to eat so in the evening, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp, right? And so, of course, that's where they get the meat from. They, they would eat the quail. And then the next day in the morning, they found this little thing, little cornflakes type thing. The dew, a, a flaky substance as fine as frosted, blanketed, um, a frost blanketed the ground. Flaky substance, 
It might not be cornflakes, but it might be that Tony the Tiger, that little frosted flakes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Never said it wasn't. But, you know, um, his lights were puzzled when they saw it and they were like, what is it? They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And so Moses told them it was the food the Lord had given them to eat. Um, and their instructions were as follows. Each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. Um, and yeah, I think it was a really interesting too, like um, that manna actually means what is it? That's what it was named. The Israelites called the food manna because they didn't know what it was. <laughs> And I never knew that. That's something new. Again, see, that's why I got to read your Bible. You know, I'm just, just saying it's right there. Not again. I'm not making this up. It's right there in the verse. They made it. Get a study Bible. You also get notes. Um, but yeah, they. I never, I never knew manna had like a meaning before. I just thought manna was just manna, bro. So it's like a bread. It's like basically used to make bread. Um, but manna definition um, means what is it, which is really cool to know. And, you know, as we kind of see through the chapter, they kind of talk about, you know, um, the Sabbath day and, you know, more instructions about um, the food and the and the manna and things of that nature. And so the the Israelites kind of ended up eating manna for 40 years until they arrived um, into the land of um, where they're supposed to settle, you know, outside the border of Canaan. And, and yeah, that, that was kind of like the premise of this chapter. So the miracles in this chapter were, you know, the quail in the evenings, which... Um, the Israelites would eat as meat. And then, of course, the manna, um, which was provided in the Lord um, in the day. So that's where you see, like, you know, verse 4, again, come to play that the Lord is going to make um, food rain from heaven. That's where kind of, like, um, manna comes in. Um, and, of course, this, this chapter is absolutely beautiful. I mean, the Lord providing once again, um, despite the Israelites complaining that they want to go back to Egypt. Again, it's crazy, by the way, that they said that. Um, but I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was actually um, what I saw um, in the, the study notes um, in the study Bible. Um, and it, it kind of summarizes, not summarizes um, the chapter itself, but it kind of provides like a different perspective, which I really liked. And so it was basically saying like, um, it was saying this. So it says, next to our need for water, um, our need for food is, is the most critical. Again, the Israelites failed to believe that God would meet their needs. They lacked faith in God's power and still didn't understand their privileges as God's people because the Israelites were defined as God or known as God's chosen people. Um, but God faithfully provided for them anyway, and their faith was further strengthened. This example of God's gracious provision should encourage us to seek help during the wilderness periods of our own lives. Now, the thing that wanted me and like got me to want to use this as a story uh, for the podcast today is that last sentence. This is an example of God's gracious provision. Um, this is this example of God's gracious provision should encourage us to seek help during the wilderness periods of our own lives. Now, let me let me sit up for this. There we go. <laughs> I never thought of the wilderness as a as a mental perspective, as you can see from the chapter, the wilderness is an actual thing. This is the wilderness um, of Mount Sinai between Elam and Mount Sinai. This is where the Israelites were traveling to to get to the promised land, right? Some please correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, but that's what I understand from this, right? And so it is a physical wilderness that they are going through. They are physically traveling through the wilderness. So they are, um, of course, physically hungry. Um, they want food. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I'm not saying that is wrong, that, that 
how can I put this? Right. I understand the complaints because I mean, I get hungry too. Like I'm hungry right now. I could go for like a sandwich or something. <laughs> um, and of course, like if, if you're traveling for X amount of days and you're getting on no, no food, I'm a complain too, my guy, for sure. Um, but I also think, I mean, you know, at the same time, it's important for that, for us to kind of understand um, that, you know, they, they saw all, they literally saw actual, like not actual miracles, but they, they were able to see with their own eyes, like um, the miracles that happened to get them where they are out of Egypt. Um, you know, but you know, I, I, the stomach was hungry, I guess for them. But again, I, the thing that brought me to this was like, you know, when we're reading this chapter, we're, we're looking at the wilderness from a physical perspective, like persons actually, the, the Israelites um, were actually traveling uh, through the wilderness to get where they needed to go. But it can be also seen as a mental thing as well, a mental wilderness. We are all traveling through some type of wilderness. And I never thought of it like that before. Again, study Bible. I love it, right? And so we could, we're all going through our own wildernesses. I don't know if wildernesses is the correct um, English, um, but we're going we gonna to ride with it today. Wildernesses. It's like, um, yeah, it's like moose. You know, it's not meese, it's just moose, but I, I'm going I'm going wildernesses because that sounds really cool, wildernesses. But we're all going through our own battles and tribulations, right? Just like the Israelites, um, we all go through our own wilderness that we're trying to get out of, right? And in that wilderness, we will complain. Talking to myself, this is my own show, I complain, I do. I'm not afraid to say that I complain when the times get tough. People be like, I want to do it the hard way. I want to do it the simple way. If I don't have to go through any pain, let's go. You know what I'm saying? I'm here. No, no pain, no gain. Um, I don't know who said that foolishness. I want less pain and all the gain. You know what I'm saying? You know? Um, but thinking about this story from a mental perspective is just a beautiful thing because we're all going through wildernesses right now or um, how I kind of was... Um, describing it as I was thinking about this this chapter, it's like we kind of go through one wilderness um, and then we survive that wilderness and then we're like, okay, but then life happens and then we go through another wilderness. But the thing about life is that because you've gone through a previous wilderness, you kind of know how to navigate a new wilderness, right? So you know which paths to go down, you know, like how to, you, you know, like, okay, you shouldn't go right, you should go left and you know, oh, watch out for that Watch out for that snake. You know what I'm saying? Just step over this and, you know, don't drink that water. And so as you go through life, um, you learn how to navigate your respective wilderness. And, you know, you learn how to get better of going through a wilderness, you know. Um, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, not only do we have... Um, God, whereby we could trust in him, but we also have um, our experience that allows us to navigate whatever wilderness that we are going to, uh, that we are going through, excuse me, and well, going to as well. And so I think that's just, I think that's just such an amazing thing to think of this story, of course, from the physical aspect of the Israelites traveling, um, through a physical wilderness, but also the idea of that we're all going through a wilderness in our lives. Um, and it's very easy to complain in that wilderness. Um, 
But we also need to understand how far we kind of came. And that's why I think for me, um, I reminisce with a lot of my friends sometimes like, hey, like, bro, remember when we were like this in high school and like, look at where we're at now. Wow, we changed so much. Or like, remember this game, remember how hard it was. But then we got through that thing. And so it's important to kind of recognize how far you came in life. That way you don't forget um you don't forget how far you came. You don't forget um, that you are able to navigate that wilderness, firstly through Christ, but also um, through the fact that um, this ain't your first time, you know? And I think for me, that provides me with a lot of comfort, you know, the idea of like, okay, yes, I may be in a wilderness right now, or I might be walking to another wilderness, but I also, but I have two things. I have my Lord and Savior that's going to help me get through that wilderness anyway, because I know he ain't going to allow me to sink. Um but also the fact that, you know, this ain't my first time being in a wilderness, right? And for the Israelites, I mean, they were in numerous wildernesses, right? I mean, they were in Egypt, they were in slavery, they, they, they went through so much there. So if they maybe took the time to like reminisce and think about where they came from, then maybe they wouldn't, um, they would have a little bit more faith and may not have complained as much um, as they did here. And, you know, even in like the next chapter, which we'll get to probably next week, um, there were still complaints, right? But yeah, I, I think the lesson that we could learn from Exodus 16 is that we are going to go through wilderness. Um, it, it will be challenging. And I don't necessarily think it's wrong to complain um, because, uh, because I think you'd have to get that emotion out. But I think it's also important to understand, like, um, we will get through that wilderness um, and that we will... Um, through the grace of God, be able to say that we made it to the other side. So that's a beautiful thing, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think we could call that Sila, you know? Um, getting through the wilderness, man, such a beautiful topic, such a beautiful thing to understand. And, you know, we most certainly, I'm an absolutely move. So yeah, man, episode 28. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for um, taking the time out of the day when, whenever you're listening to this, whatever, if it's morning, evening or afternoon, thank you. I hope you're having an amazing day. Um, and until the next one, I'll see you all a little bit later as always see la. And of course we move going through the wilderness. I mean, like, sheesh, that beautiful topic, by the way, I can't, I can't, you know, it's crazy. Love it. I love it. Woo.